Hey, this is Eric Olivares, pastor at Axios Church in Lakeland, Florida, and this is our podcast. Axios' mission is to point people to Jesus so they can find worth and purpose in God. We hope this message encouraged you and uplifted you throughout your week. Enjoy the message. As I was thinking about preaching this Palm Sunday this morning, I wanted to get something from this entrance that Jesus did to Jerusalem. You know, we, we, we know that the people were were gathered into the, the, the city and they were waving palm branches saying, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And we kind of preached there. We kind of just stayed there uh, in the church world to preach, which is great. But I wanted to get some more nuggets, some more things of what Jesus did in this major entrance. We, we talk about the coming on a donkey into Jerusalem. If I was if I if I was a king of kings, Lord, I'd be coming in a Ferrari and coming in and saying, "Hey, I'm Jesus." But Jesus humbled himself in this thing. But he entered into the city. This miraculous thing that was prophesied years uh, before is now fulfilling this promise. But you have to understand this: there was there was a back end. There was there was a setup for Jesus to be um, sent in to the, the city. And, and Jesus, the first thing he did is he sent his disciples out and he said, go to the town. And he gave instructions to what to do. He was setting the scene. Jesus could have just walked into the, the city and been done. But no, he wanted to be so strategic in this entrance so he can know that the people can know that he would meant business. See, there are times in our life where we need to, we need to, God's going to set some things up and he's, and he wants us to set things up in our lives for us to walk into the promise that he has for us. See, God, God doesn't need us, but he wants us. See, God can do it all himself. He don't, I don't know about you, but I don't have it all together. And sometimes I'm like, God, how, why are you using me? How can I be used? I know my flaws. I know my issues. I know my temptations. I know everything. So God, why do you want to use me? See, he doesn't need you, but he wants you. Today we're going to talk about need, what God needs in our life. See, God, God is God. He doesn't need us, he, but he gives us this opportunity to follow him for us to grow in relationship with the King of Kings and the Lord of... Have you thought that before? Like Jesus wants you? Jesus wants a relationship with you like you know what you did yesterday, and he still wants you. And we're going to go here to the book of Luke chapter 19, and we're going to read on this entrance that Jesus walks into Jerusalem and give a little context of what we're going to be talking about. And we're going to go to verse 28. He said, and when, they had, when he had said these things, he went, uh, he went ahead going into Jerusalem when he drew near to Bathsheba and, and, and Bethany at the mount of, that is called Olive, he sent his two disciples saying, go into the village in front of you where, where, where on entering you will find a colt tied on which no one has ever set on it. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? You say this, the Lord needs everybody say the lord has need of it this is like the most like 
epic Jesus dropped the mic, I'm the man kind of moment. He's like, hey, go steal that donkey. And if they say anything, say, hey, the Lord needs it. That's what he's saying. He's saying, to, he said, hey, the Lord needs of it. So those that they went and sent away and found it, and he had to tell them. And as they were untying the colt, its owner said, why are you untying the colt? And he said, the Lord has need of it. Everybody say, the Lord has need of it. And they brought it to Jesus and throw their cloaks on the colt and set Jesus on. And he, and he rode along. They spread their cloaks on the road. And he was drawing near, already on the way of Mount of Olives. The whole multitude of disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice and all the mighty works that he has seen, and said, Blesses he the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace is on heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. And he said, I tell you, if these, if these were silent, the very stones will cry out. This is crazy. Crazy stuff. Jesus is telling these instructions to, to the disciples to, to deal with these things. Today, I want to talk about a donkey. I'm going to talk about a donkey. In the Bible, it says another way, but we're going to keep donkey here, okay? We're going to keep donkey. I, I, they, they, were, they were ratchet back then, you know, so, you know, we, we got to keep it holy over here. But we're going to talk about a donkey, but what does the Lord need from you for him to walk into your life? Let me ask this question. Sometimes there's things that, that God wants from us, that, that, that he needs, not for us, to, for him to be this dominating person. No, for him to know that we knows your future and he knows that the thing that you hold on to true now is not going to be beneficial for the plan that he has for you later on. See, he, said, I, he says, this random guy with a donkey. This man was living his normal life. Imagine this. Let me set the scene. He's just chilling a day. I mean, trying to get, trying to do his job. And these random guys come to this house and start stealing his donkey. I mean, they, they, they just start, they don't even knock. They don't even like welcome. They don't bring a gift. They just see a donkey and just start untying it right away. Here in Florida, you know what's going on. You're like, people go crazy up in here, right? Up, I mean, you just don't go to a man's house and start stealing his property. But Jesus gave them clear instructions. And when Jesus says it, it happens. He says, untie this donkey. And if, and if they say anything, say the Lord needs of it. What happens in our life when godly interruptions happen? Because this man was just chilling in his day. And, and, and out of nowhere, God penetrated his life and showed himself in his normal day. What happens when you're at work and you're just doing your job and God, and godly interruption happens in your life? When that person that, that you never talk to comes and they're crying and they're looking for hope, what happens when godly interruptions happen in your life? How about that time when you go downtown and you, you get that food ready and you're excited, but you see that person that is in need and God says, give them it. What happens when godly interruptions happen in your life? 
See, or that time when, when you, you, you see a need and, and God's saying, hey, won't you give to that person? Or won't you? And you're like, God, I don't know what happens when godly interruptions happen in your life. Because this is a godly interruption that happened in this man's life. And all he heard was the Lord needed it. And without hesitation, he gave it. I mean, you see the transition happening. They said, hey, the Lord needs a bit. And then later on, they said, hey, they just took the donkey. They just took the donkey. What humility. What kind of trust do you need? What kind of security in God you need that when God says it without any questions, you give it up? See, Matthew chapter 16, verse 25 says, for whoever would save his life will what? Lose it. But whoever loses life in the sake will what? find it. Matthew chapter 16, verse 24, then Jesus said to his disciples, if anybody would come after me, he needs to deny himself, take up his cross, and what? Follow me. What obedience. This is the crazy thing to me. This guy didn't even say in the Bible. He had, he had a little section of the Bible, but what if this guy wasn't obedient? Would Jesus be walking on, would, would Jesus be riding his donkey? I mean, this is the entrance of all entrances. This is past the Justin Bieber concert that just happened in, in Tampa the other day. I mean, you know, they have some miraculous things, but this is Jesus. This is Jesus coming into Jerusalem. And this man, the Bible didn't even say his name. What if God doesn't want you to take the credit? He just wants your donkey. But what we do at times is, God, God, use me, but make sure I put it on Instagram for others to see my shine. Don't get me wrong. Like, I'm all for that and everything. But the, the reality is, what is the motives behind your giving? Because this man was unnamed, and the plot changed real quick from him asking, why are you taking my donkey, to then Jesus going in to the city. There was no conversation. All the Lord said is, the Lord needs of it. See, there are many times where God wants to enter into our life to make this grand entrance into our life, but there are things that we are holding on to. There are, there are thoughts and processes that we are holding on to, but God is saying, I need of it so then I can enter in fully in your life. Because he wants to come in. He wants to, to, to be the Lord of your life. But you have to give up some things. What is the first thing that in, in our life that sometimes it, we, we hold on to it because it gives us a little comfort? How about this? He's saying today, I need your thoughts. This is hard stuff. I'm coming, this is not a good, happy Palm Sunday thing. When I, was, when I was studying this, I'm like, God, can we just get like palm branches and say, Hosanna, Hosanna. Remember back in the days? You know, you got those palm branches. Everybody had a palm branch. And we're worshiping with the palm branches. But God is saying this, for me to truth, there's been people where I'm at the brink of their city and I can't enter in fully is because they're holding on to things that I'm telling them that I need. 
that I want. And God is saying, I need your thoughts. Jesus is saying today that those thoughts that that don't align with with the purpose it has for my life, I need them. Those thoughts that people spoke over your life that now became your identity, I need them. Those thoughts that are unhealthy and and leaving you spiritually dead, I need those thoughts. He needs those thoughts because what he has for you is so much greater, but your thought process is holding you hostage to your promise. See, in Romans chapter 8, verse 5 and 6 says, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on things of the flesh, but those according to the Spirit set their minds on things of the Spirit. For for, For to set the mind on the flesh is what? Death. But to set the mind on the spirit is life of peace. See, I can come over here and just give you like a good motivational speech and everything like that. And that's great. But the reality is I'm just going to give you the Bible. Like if you don't believe me, that Romans said it, okay? Get it up with Romans. How about Mr. Philippians, okay? Mr. Philippians 4, 4, 8 says like this. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is um, commendable, if it if there is any excellence, if there is any worth praise, think on these things. He's basically saying, leave the negative thoughts away. Fill your life with thoughts that are going to be beneficial to your life. If you don't believe uh, Philippians, if you don't believe Mr. Romans, how about Mr. Isaiah, chapter 26, verse 3, okay? He's good. He's in the Old Testament. He's holy, okay? How about this? It says, you keep him perfect peace with those the mind that stays on you because he trusts in you. Your thoughts lead straight to your heart. That's why your thoughts are important. And when the lies of the mind become the heartbeat of your heart, you tend to live a purpose that is unbalanced life. You start living unbalanced in your life because your thoughts become your heartbeat and now becomes your actions. We must cast all those thoughts on the cross. Isaiah chapter 55 verse uh, verse 8 says, For your thoughts are not my thoughts, neither your ways are my ways, declares the Lord. See, it's easy to think negative. That's the easy way. I mean, we can go there real quick. I can can look around and be like, hey, I don't like that green. Negative. It's hard to think holy thoughts. But the reality is, it's going to be hard because it's called a sacrifice. Jesus, when he was on the cross, he was like, hey, this is great. This is vacation. Oh, that hurts. No, it was a sacrifice. It hurt. Sometimes we, to, to sacrifice our thought life, we have to put it through the filter of his word. Gabe, can you run over here fast? I, I put a filter over here. I should have told somebody, but I'm the pastor. Who cares? Thank you. Thank you, Gabe. What is this? What is this? It's a filter, which we need to change at the church today, okay? We've been saying for the past week. Um, So what God wants you to do is this. He wants you to filter the words over your life through his word. His word is the filter. So the reality is, this is is supposed to take out all the impurities, all the nastiness that is happening in the air, in a a building. And and what it does, it traps here. But eventually, you got to what? Change this out because it becomes a little dirty. 
See, this is what his word does for your life, is that 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 thought that came in, if it's not filtered through his word, it's always going to be in your life. But when we filter every word, every thought through his word, if they say you're a certain way, but his word doesn't say, guess what? That you can cancel that word and really filter into what God says. See, if that thought doesn't align with his word, you can just filter in and it can stay right there. You don't have to walk with it. You don't have to live with it. Because if it's not in his word and filtered to the truth of God's word, you don't have to hold on to it. You, you don't. But the problem is, thank you, Kim. The problem is, is we listen and we entertain the thoughts. And what that does, it makes our life completely nasty. And when a thought becomes somebody says something over me, but then you start believing it and your life is corrupted. We got to cast every thought on the cross. When your thoughts align with heaven, Jesus enters in. Number two, he needs your loyalty. The world, in our culture right now, everybody's about loyal. I'm loyal. I'm not going to say anything, you know. I'm going to do me, you know. I'm like, ugh. Sometimes I listen to some, some of these things, and I'm like, ugh, the music out there, ugh. But the reality is, loyalty is the theme of our culture, but we don't even know what loyalty is. We don't know what loyalty It's crazy to me that we put so much loyalty on earthly things and not kingdom eternal things. Like, there's some people that they just love this certain thing, and they'll die for it. I mean, they would go, but, but heavenly things, you know, there's a heaven, there's a hell, and like, we're going there one day, and we're not even focused on those things, but we're focused on these things on the earth. Like, we have to, we have to change our mindset, because on kingdom things, it's, 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 it's loyalty. Loyalty is not to abuse you. Loyalty is to know that, hey, I'm going to serve a God that, is, that, 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 is, that died for me in the sacrifice he did in my life. We are not promised tomorrow, so every day has to be unto God. We, need to, we see a form of loyalty in the Bible with um, Ruth and Naomi and this declaration that Naomi did to Ruth in Ruth chapter 1. Verse 16 and 17 says, But Ruth said, Do not urge me to leave you or to return from following you. For where you go, I will go. And where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, and your God shall be my God. Where you die, I will die. And where you are and where you buried, I will too. May the Lord do so to me, and more also, if any, but death parts me from you from you. I mean that's that's a that's loyalty right there. It's like, hey, wherever you go, I'm going. If, where you die, I'm dead too. Have you ever thought about your loyalty to God? Are you loyal to him on Sunday only? I mean, we gotta talk about these things. I mean, we, we got to talk about these things. I mean, because we don't talk about we We can give you, like, the, the great things and the happy things, but, I mean, loyalty is part of it. You have to take responsibility for the actions you do. 
See, we need to give God our loyalty because he's the king of kings and the Lord. Of, not, we got to say nothing's going to get in the way from me growing, from me knowing who he is, giving my life to him. That means if, if you have true loyalty, that means every time you got to check your motives. You got to check your time management and you got to check your priorities. This is too heavy. That's why we don't like loyalty. Oh, Sunday's the only day I have off. I'm coming for you right now. I work 40 hours a week. And Sunday's the only day I got off. I, I can't come to church and worship God. Where's your loyalty? It's, it's picking up your cross daily. Right now, I wish I was in front of my, my, my TV right now, my, my sleeping shorts on, my dog next to me, and watching the Masters. And then after the Masters, we're going to play 18. That's where I want to be right now, if I'm honest. But being a responsible follower of Christ, my loyalty is not unto the Masters. My loyalty is unto God. So that means if I got to sacrifice my time, if I got to sacrifice my, my, my moments, I have to get, I have to go unto him. See, we have this thing all, all twisted. We have this thing all twisted. And, it, and people are like, oh, you know, I understand that. But yes, I, I, I understand your point of view. But what if God wasn't loyal to you? It's too much. Happy Palm Sunday, everyone. This guy, want, he gave his donkey, but what is God telling you today? See, this should be our heavenly goal in our life. Matthew chapter 25, verse 23, it says, His master said to him, Well done, my good and faithful servant. I have been, you have been faithful for little, and I set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. See, God set his loyalty to your life where he said that he would never leave you nor forsake you. That's his loyalty to you. I mean, he literally said, hey, doesn't matter what you do, I'm there. So it's, it's just only like, obviously we should, we should question our loyalty to him, the one who sacrificed at all, because I know you. If I, if, if I had the chance that you were God and you were forgiving my sins, I don't know if you'll go through it. Looking at some of you, I'm like, you know, I don't know if I would go through it. But he did it. So my loyalty goes to him first. What does it say in the Bible? Seek first the what? Kingdom. Then all. He doesn't, he doesn't want you to have a, 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 like a boring life but it's the priorities that matter. Seek first, then all things will fall. See, seek first him, then we watch the Masters after Jordan, okay? Tiger's gonna lose <laughs> horribly. It's the hardest thing in life. The hardest thing in life. Number, number three, he needs your will. He needs your will. What if God is... Good, man. <laughs> what if God says that your goal you have in life is not his will? What if 
what you're trying to, this is the new, the new term for all the youngins there. What if you're, what you're trying to manifest? You're laughing because you heard it before, right? I'm just trying to manifest. What, the, what, the, what are you talking about? Let me, let me just, side note. There's, there's, there's two things. There's God and the devil. There's no middle ground. That's it. So if you're, if you're not manifesting in God's will, that means you're manifesting in... I'm just going to leave it there. There is, a, there is a chance that you might be manifesting a will that is not of God. That, like the devil's not just this thing that pops up like, ooh. Like, it's spiritual warfare, guys. Like, if you're not seeking him and you're trying to get all these things, and God doesn't want that for your life, that means you're serving another master. That was just there. It's true. The thing is, what if God said that that thing that you want is really not of his will? is the hardest thing to do because if we are honest, at times we don't like God's will. We got spiritual people in this place. Because sometimes I'm like, God, there's sometimes I call my, my, my boy Eric and I'm like, hey, I'm just not, this is not it. Like, I'm, I'm done. Because sometimes his will is hard. Sometimes his will is, is not appealing at times. Sometimes it's frustrating but God's will, even through hardships, is better than being out of his will. Being out of his will, you're walking on dangerous waters there. Even Jesus had a moment of processing this will as he was going to the cross in Luke chapter 22, verse 41 and 43 says, And he withdrew from them about, uh, about a stone's throw and knelt down and prayed and he said father if you are willing remove this cup from me but nevertheless not my will but what your will be done jesus in that moment all man all god crying out to the father he said he said this is going to be hard this is not appealing the cross is going to hurt. But I'd rather be in God's will than out of God's will because in his will, he's an anchor for my soul. In his will, there is hope and full of glory. In his will, there is peace past my trial. I can be in the fire and not be consumed. I have a safe place in his will. His will is his word, which is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. We have to know that in his will is safety and out of his will is disaster. He wants you, he wants your will today to enter in his will in your life. And number four, he needs your faith. There are going to be trials in your life. 
there are going to be issues and situations in your life that your faith needs to rise. These people didn't recognize that the guy that they were cheering on, Hosanna, Hosanna, will be the guy that's crucified and them seeing, crucify him, crucify him. But the reality is they needed their faith to be strong because the trial was coming. God God is saying, I need your faith to rise. I need your faith to grow because there's going to be in the process to getting to the promise, there's going to be faith testing moments. And if your faith isn't strong, you're going to fall away real quick. He needs your faith. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. And now faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. And and without faith is impossible to please him. Romans chapter 10, verse 17. So faith comes by hearing and hearing through what? His word. Let me say it like this. We need to have a whatever may come kind of faith. Whatever may come. I still have faith. Whatever may come, I still have faith. We don't need to shrink our faith. No, we need to stand strong because we stand strong on a God that never fails, that never quits, that gives hope, that gives a godly, holy confidence, that gives healing, shows compassion, shows grace, and shows mercy. That's why I put my faith in him, the solid rock of my salvation. God is saying, I, I, I just need it. I, I need it because what I have for you is so much greater. I, I need that faith to rise because the trial's coming. I, I, I need those thoughts because I don't need those thoughts to become your identity. My identity is in, your identity is in me. I need those negative thoughts. I need those thoughts that were spoken over you 20, 30 years ago. Do not live in that anymore. Live by the filter of my word. He's saying, I need it today. And in Palm Sunday, as we rejoice him entering in, first he's saying, hey, I, I need it. So I can enter in fully in your life and show you the greatness, to show you a peace that is passing all understanding, to give you a joy that passes every joy. Who would love to be full of joy? There's a God that wants to give it to you, but he needs these things that are hindering him truly entering in to your life. Thank you again for joining us here at Axios. Hey, to hear more messages just like this, go ahead and subscribe to this channel. If you want more information about Axios, go to axioschurch.com. There you can get more information, give, and connect. Remember, we love you, and we're in this together.